Broadcasting from the third coast and recorded live at Tripod South Studios, this is The Hango Show. I need to get inside your head. I got to know if you insane. But I want to swim right. around your blood. I guess the job done, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. oh, I got to show you something. Uh, have you ever heard a fart hit third gear? You want to? <laughs> that, that can't be real. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the air out of a tractor tire, man. <laughs> cool. What do you think, Judd? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big dude, man. But golly. I, I'm almost positive that's what my car would sound like if I cut the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Hango Show. What a way to get it started, huh? This is your host, Tango Wood. And tonight I got the boys back in here. I got Judd. And I got Harpoon, fresh off uh, Sober in October. Oh, yes. Feeling good, feeling loose. You know, man, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a process starting Sober in October, you know, and it's, and, it's a, and it's a process coming off of it. Yeah. My body just gets adjusted to, you know, being one way, and now all of a sudden, man, I'm throwing it a curveball the other way. And <laughs> I thought we were clean. Hang on a second. Yeah, all comes at you at once, don't it? Yeah, you know. But you know, luckily, um, everything's good, man. I mean, every, I'm, I'm very moderate. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't do a whole lot of anything in excess. Yeah, you but know. you should. You know, I guess I pick and choose, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so how was y'all's week? Just start over here with you. How's everything going for you, man? Uh, going okay. Um, you know, enjoying having that extra day off a week. You know, I'm closed on Wednesdays now, so that gives me Wednesday and Sunday to just kind of breathe and get away from the turmoil that is vape ownership. <laughs> I like that for you. <laughs> but uh, it's been good, man. We um, Honestly, looking at the numbers, we didn't lose anything. So... It, it might have actually been a good move. I'm sure it you know, is, just for a little for, peace of mind. You know, just for my own mental stability and, you know, some time away from the everyday routine seems to be good. That's and, pretty uh, cool, too, man. I mean, you know, you got your week <clears throat> broke up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it gives like me kind of a refresher in the middle of the week and yeah, go again. Yeah. So work, work two off one. Yeah. Work, work four off one. Yeah. Ain't yeah. wrong with that. Yep. So, you think it's coming down the pipe from vape folks mm, or tomfoolery and shenanigans? Just the, you know, uh, I don't know. The FDA is still doing its thing. Uh, they've, they've, the, the lawsuits, I think, have climbed up to 28 Hell yeah. from different companies now. Uh, they've rescinded a few of their MDOs for certain companies, so they're still working through that. Uh, the major thing now is the, um, the, the infrastructure plan. For the government, mm-hmm. the BBB, yeah, um, they've basically um, they went back and rewrote a lot of things, but they didn't get rid of the tax on uh, nicotine. Oh, imagine that! But they're not going to tax 
cigarettes or cigars mm-hmm. any higher. It's all coming at vape liquid. Yeah. So. Because, you know, there's so many more vapors in the country than there are, you know, cigarette smokers. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, those those guys get another pass, and here we are. Here's... How could they even? How could they pick and choose? <laughs> because they can. Yeah, <laughs> we voted for those fuckers, so yeah, you know. <clears throat> but my thing is, I don't think there should be any taxation at all. There should be none on on anything like that, especially like a sin tax, which is that's, that's exactly what right. it is. Okay, but if if I'm a lawmaker and I'm trying to get the most out of people as I can, I'm gonna go after the ones who do the most of a certain product. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm not gonna go after the guys who drink. Guinness or craft brews? No, 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 no. I'm gonna go after the motherfuckers who buy Bud Light. It's the number one selling beer in the country, or Miller Light, or Coors Light. I'm gonna go through one of the big guys, not for these rinky dink people who like this little bitty shit. Sure, yeah. So this is this is this isn't about getting money. Mm. This is about making a statement. They well, I mean, they already get so much money from tobacco. Why mess with them? Yeah, you know, keep them happy. Keep our funds rolling in. Keep everything we fund with that tax money funded, and then they're happy and we're happy. I would think, man, that and would screw the little guys, the same know? people. I would well, think that the cigarette people would probably be in on whatever the the government body taking the the taxes sure. to the to the vaping guys. I mean, yeah. you're crazy if you don't think that tobacco doesn't have some of the best lobbyists in the country. You know what I mean? mean? Oh, yeah. It'd be to their benefit to pass the buck on to the vapes, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's probably the same guys that are fighting that. Well, I mean, you you look at what what did they just do with um, R.J. Reynolds? They they passed one vape device that came out in 2009, the the View Solo, which is probably, I, I would imagine, probably one of the most... I don't know, least used yeah. vape on the market. It's a gas station vape. Um, so they know if they push people to try that as a vape instead of what we have, they're going to go right back to cigarettes because it's garbage. Right. Wow. Um, so that's what they do. You know, they every time they every time we think we've got the ball going the right way, they move the goalpost, and they've done it since day one. That they, they and you know we've got such a small amount of power in the people we do have working on our side. Um, they can do whatever they want, yeah. you know, but it's, we've it's dealt the, with it before. It's the whole Charlie know? Brown, you know, Lucy, Lucy moving the football, you know, I yeah. swear I won't do it this time. Whoop, <laughs> did it again. You know, it, it never ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Leave it to some hot brunette, man, to pull the ball out of front. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how was, uh, I'm almost afraid to ask you how your week was because uh, after the debacle of the story you told us last week about your new employee, did you have any new employees this week? Um, well, actually, man, um, I had uh, my guy Jay who had broken his ankle playing basketball um, at the end of August. Uh, he came back this weekend for uh, like a trial run to kind of see where his ankle was and, and stuff like that. Uh, which was, which was great just to have an extra set of hands, you know, in the kitchen, somebody, you know, he, he was up to speed and stuff. Uh, you know, I kept him back, um, mainly just, uh, making, mm-hmm. you know, kind of man in the make line, you know, right there, really kind of seeing a lot of that. I, I kept um, my other guy over there on the oven where he's been, I didn't want to put too much on Jay, man, the <clears throat> first 
day or two back, you know, let him come in slow. He's injured. Certainly don't want to, you know, um, make it prolong worse. that yeah. or anything. Yeah. Make it worse, whatever. And there's, you know, cause we got that, that wooden step right there in front of the oven. That'd be a lot of up and down on him, mm-hmm. you know, on a healing ankle. And I just, my, nah, man, let's, let's let my man get well, back. If you can get somebody experienced just handling the make line, the monkey wrenches, mm-hmm. like the wings and sandwiches, if you can get one person experience handling those two things, the rest of the night's going to go fine. Well, it's, it's really, um, it's kind of, uh, right now with Jay, uh, it's, it's a four man band. So, um, I'm up front. Uh, we got my guy that's been on the oven, got him running that, cutting pizzas and getting, you know, handling all that on that end, on that side of the make line. And then I had this weekend, I had Jay on the one side of the make line making and organizing. And then, uh, uh, my mic was running dough and deliveries mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of as the back, you know, and then I would just come in and float wherever, wherever the hot spot was, you know, in between orders or whatever. So, um, it took a, it took a lot of stress off of me this weekend, having that, that type of setup in the kitchen could have used two more people really, but you know, it, this way it's not three people doing four people minimum job, you right. know? So, uh, and, and, and I'm not an easy guy to work for, man. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I know I'm not, I, I would have a hard time working for me, but, um, uh, you know, I, I feel like having this little bit of stress off of me will make it better for everybody, yeah. you know? So I've got a good group of guys. I'm really proud of them and, and sticking with me through all this craziness and stuff. So, you know, nothing, anything's a whole lot's changed, but just to have the glimmer of hope of having a, a veteran return, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's huge. Well, you know, you may, you say you're a difficult person to work with, but you at the least show gratitude. That's something that you're really good at. You know, man, I appreciate you. Love you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for working for me tonight. You know, it's not like you're like, all right, let's go. Let's get, let's get it done. Which you do that. But at the end of the night, when the craziness is over with, you at least show some gratitude to the people you have working for you. Well, there wasn't a single night that I worked for you where you didn't say, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Good job tonight. Yeah. You know, well, that's important, man. I think, I think it's important to let everybody know that you appreciate what they're doing for you because without them, you know, my job would be, you know, it would be impossible. Well, when it's game time, it's game time. Game time. You know. Yeah. Coach is going to be a hard ass. It's what they do. Yeah. But when it's over with, coach still loves you and appreciates what you're doing out there. I've really kind of tried to um, explain it in that way to <clears throat> to some employees in the past, man. I mean, I'm really like, I, I realize, man, I'm going to be going, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Same way as a coach walking up and down the sideline, seeing that his team knows that they have the talent, yeah. knows that they can do. Been over it all week long. Done. You should but, just put it, in, put it yeah, in action. Yep. But now all of a sudden, you know, you were given the example of uh, one of the old coaches, man, who got in trouble out at Texas, you know, just saying it like it is oh, yeah. or whatever. Mike Leach talking about, talking about his players' fat little girlfriends. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but at the end of the at the end of it, you know, whatever it takes to motivate the team to, to do the job that that needs to be done, you know, then you go through, man, give everybody hugs, just like at the end of the game, you walk across the field, hey, good game, you know, I mean, that's just a that's just a way to do it. I feel like, um, but yeah, man, I don't know, I, I feel I feel a lot more stress coming out in the future. Yeah, you know, having having just an extra one extra set of hands in the kitchen, it's it's really it, it helps. It makes a difference for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Matt over at Give That Some Thought. Uh, he's, oh God, he's been going through it, dude. He's head chef at this restaurant now, higher end casual dining place. Dude, and they can't get anybody. Um, he needs, he needs another sous chef. I think he has no dishwashers. Um, front of house people leaving. And, uh, I'm sure there's more behind that than just regular stuff. But I mean, they went, they went to closing like at seven every night. Yeah. They're doing a super limited menu, like a just appetizer some nights, just because they don't have the manpower to do three courses for each person that comes in there. I believe it. I mean, just, just apps and salads sometimes. It's about all you can do, you know, much less, you know, him doing like a, what does he do? The, um, him spending time making, um, what's it called? A beef Wellington. Yeah. Which is a very, you know, you get to, it's, you put the stuff on the beef tenderloin, then put that puff pastry around it, and then cook it correctly, and just time consuming. He don't have the time to do that, much less apps and salads plus desserts right. that he makes. As they you know, he's doing creme brulee. We have to torch every single one. You know, you can't do that with a skeleton crew. No, no. You, know, yeah, you with, have to reel it in. With yours is a lot different because it's, it's it's dough, sauce, and ingredients and. Into the oven. When it comes out, it's done. <laughs> you know, yeah. some of these higher end places are having a really hard time, not just with kitchen help, front of house people, sure, who can make a lot of money working front of house at a at a high end place. Yes, you dated a girl who worked at one of our high end places here nearby, and it was a bill every night at least on oh, tips. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. At least a hundred. Oh, at least, yeah, at least, yeah. She can move the money. Um. My week at work. Hang on a minute. <laughs> um, my week at work was what I expected it to be because it was my last week of work before I went on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what was coming, and it was going to be chaos, and it was from the get go, from the very start. Um, had one hospital who they don't want to put in ASAP and stat orders now because we charge a fee to deliver ASAP and stat stuff. That's just the nature of the beast. Right. Um, had one hospital who refused to do this. And so their overnight crew put in an order for a stock platelet, which I thought was weird because they don't stock platelets. We have three hosp- three of our bigger hospitals. They keep platelets there for emergencies. Three big ones. This hospital will get them because they have a surgeon and he will do surgery sometimes, like first thing in the morning, instead of having to travel to one of our bigger towns. They got a surgeon at this hospital and he does like open heart surgeries and stuff like that. Not a big deal. And they'll order platelets. Not, not a big deal. It's not, it's routine now, man. <laughs> Cabbage surgery is routine stuff. Um, and they'll order a platelet, you know, you know need by 6 a.m. They put in an order for a stock platelet, like at 1030. I'm like, well, that's weird. There was no comment on the order, just one stock platelet. I'm like, all right, you know, so I let it sit because I don't do stock stuff. That's day shift stuff. I'm there to handle emergencies. So this was on uh, Friday night, Saturday morning where this happened. Saturday morning, 6 o'clock, which I get off at 730. 6 o'clock, they put in a, a stat order for a platelet. And they call me. 
overnight ordered this last night. I said, yeah, they put it in stock. Well, it needs to be here by seven. I said, well, it's not going to be there by seven. I'll bring it, but I can't guarantee it by seven o'clock because it's almost quarter past six now. Wow. And so this was, I was taking this platelet to, to, um, okay. Wow. So I'm dead tired. I'm so tired. You know, sun's coming up. <laughs> so I'm cussing while I'm packing this platelet up, put it in the van. I do 80 all the way there. And I get there at like 710. I'm supposed to get off at 730. Unload this. She's like, I don't know why I didn't order it that way. I said, like, I don't know either. But you're going to pay for it now. <laughs> you know, sorry. You know, so I get, I pull back up at, at work at eight o'clock in the morning. And like my morning shift person's already there. So I come pulling up. And she, I pulled up. I came walking in. She's like, I was wondering what you were still doing here. I saw your car sitting out front. And I was like, well, this hospital had, had them up their ass all night long. I could have took this order at 1030 last night. Wow. Uh, and so then they ordered another one Sunday morning at 430. Like, well, at least I get to go home on time. <laughs> you know, that was my... <laughs> That's all I want to do, you know, and then it was, it was a whole, whole night, the whole, every night just about, it was something going on. I had to run somewhere, but none of them were worse than that. And I get, I got to work over sometimes, but I'm not going to work over because of incompetence. Right. You know, um, but that story did happen the last week I worked. I meant to tell y'all last time and I forgot about, so I was coming back one night from my Usual first stop, uh-huh. my, my no, two hours two hour drive from the beginning, and I had to go to the hospital. I was just talking about from there, so I went down you know the interstate uh-huh. that way. <clears throat> so I was riding along, and as you do, nature called. You know, well, there's at least plenty of gas. There's even a Loves on that on that highway. I usually stop there just to get coffee because Loves has got the best coffee anywhere. I love their house coffee, but I was going to make it to Loves. I was still a good 40 miles from Love's, and I couldn't hold it that long. So <laughs> I just pulled in. I looked, and when the gas stations were open, and it was this was like at, I know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Looking for an empty blood bag? <laughs> <laughs> that Gatorade bottle I keep in the back. Uh, and so I, I pull into this gas station, and I walk in. The people are nice enough. Place is clean, you know. Hi, how you doing? Great. How are you? Good, you know. So you have a restroom? Yep, around the corner here. Great. Well, Beth, it looks, looks like a fairly new gas station, or they just keep it that clean. I mean, it, I'm picky about gas stations I stop at. This place looked nice, well lit. I walk in the bathroom, okay? So you walk in, and there's like a wall in front of you. You do the little you know, dootsy do around the little wall. And on the right, the sinks were there. So I went around to go to the stall. There was two urinals. I went around to go to the stalls. I stopped because there was clearly a stall and then another stall. Well, that second stall, the door was swung out outwards. I looked at the first stall and the door was swung inwards. Get her, boy. <laughs> anyway, so the, the first stall, the door was mounted on the right-hand side and swung in. The second stall... The door was mounted on the left-hand side and swung out. 
And so I pulled that door back, and there's another stall, door mounted on the left side, and swung in. I'm like, what in the Alice in Wonderland shit did I just wander into? <laughs> I was like, what the? Who, who put this together? <laughs> I look in the first bathroom, and the toilet is about six inches to the right off center. Okay? And wait, the, the, the toilet paper holder is mounted upside down, down next to the floor on the left-hand side. So I peek in the second one, and the toilet is about a foot off center to the left. And the, to- the toilet paper dispenser is ma- You wouldn't be able to reach it if you were sitting down, Harpoon. Wow. It was mounted damn near to the top of the fucking stall. Yeah. I didn't even look at the third one. I didn't want to know. That's nuts. And I'm like, what? The carpenter and the plumber needed to get on the same, on the same script. Or off the same drug. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... What have I stumbled into? Somebody is dosed. You know, it's a union labor. (laughs) I mean, the plumber just put the holes where they belonged. The contractor who built the stalls around those holes and put the stuff in had some leeway of moving things around. No, 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 no. He just like fuck it. It's where it says it's going. Put them there. Doors don't matter. Turn them upside down. Shit. Pull paper dispensers, hang them from the ceiling. Put them in the floor. Who cares? Wow. And so my whole brain was exploded. And so I walk out like, have a good night. You too. Is this like some kind of TV show that I'm on? You know? Wow. <laughs> the fucked up bathroom. <laughs> that That's pretty nuts, man. It, it, I didn't know what to make of it. I've never, I've been in a ton of bathrooms and I've never been in, in some like that before. Now, if you'd have had somebody on the outside flipping the light switch, <laughs> tripping you out. Like it was around Halloween, so I didn't know. I was, I was like in the underneath or something, you know. If you'd looked in that other stall, it would have been Billy with his shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I made notes this week. Uh, weird bathroom took care of that. Okay. Do some sports talk right quick. Do you hear about the whole John Gruden thing? John Gruden was the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, NFL. Some 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 emails leaked where he was talking. I think he I think there's a player on his team who was openly gay. And there's some emails leaked where he used the F word for gay people. Okay? It blew up like two or three weeks ago. I know I don't think either one of y'all are big NFL fans. We usually follow more college ball than anything else. I heard about it, but I didn't look into it. Yeah. Well, I didn't know this other thing came out. And so he got fired. Lost his job over it. Damn. But what wasn't talked about much in the news was the Washington Redskins cheerleaders thing. Did you hear about that at all? Uh, Did you hear about that at all? Mm-hmm. In 2013, um, the cheerleaders were doing, they do like a, the Washington, sorry, Washington football team. They're not the Redskins anymore. That, that, that name's Previously, been canceled. Right. the Washington Redskins. At this time, they were the Artists Washington formerly Redskins. Formerly known as. <laughs> yeah. And so. That's some craziness, man. They, uh, they, did a, they do a calendar shoot every year where some of the girls go and they take pictures and they sell a calendar of the Washington football team cheerleaders. When 2013, they were in Costa Rica doing it. Okay. 
And during the shoot, it's usually just the girls and the photography team. There's no, because a lot of the, a lot of the girls get topless during these and they like hold a hat over their tits, you know, or their arm or whatever. Right. It's, It's something like that. Nothing worse than like Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Right. Everything's pretty much PG. No nudity or anything. Well, in 2013, we went to Costa Rica. Apparently, sponsors of the of the cheerleaders, some of the guys were there during the shoot. They're like, we don't, we don't like this, you know. And then after they got done shooting all day, somebody with organizations like. You're gonna go out tonight, and you're gonna entertain the sponsors. And like, they're like, "This is we're being like pimped out. We're not gonna." They're like, "No, we have your passports." And so, if you want to go home, you're gonna go hang out with the sponsors. Damn, it's pretty much sex trafficking what they were doing. This is the same thing sex traffickers do. They bring a, they bring a girl to a foreign location, take their passport, and like you're gonna do this if you want to go home. Wow. Okay. Well, then it came out that um, a couple of years later, something very similar happened. They were told they were going to go do a sponsor deal, like on a boat or something. When they get there, it's not like a sponsor's boat. It's some guy, some rich guy's yacht. And they bring the girls in this yacht. And they're like making them dance and shit, throwing money at them. So pretty much the Washington organization was pimping these girls out, what it boiled down to. But none of that was discussed because John Gruden's the bad guy. And I'm not saying John Gruden's a great guy. I'm just saying they used the John Gruden story, the NFL did, to cover up all this bullshit, all this sex trafficking bullshit. Wow. I shouldn't shouldn't say sex trafficking. Alleged sex trafficking is pretty much what it sounds like. Um, Wow. So all that went on. And then have you heard the thing about the Chicago Blackhawks scandal? Okay. All I know is they just fired their head coach. Right. Yeah. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. This is a hockey team. I, know, I, don't, I don't think you follow hockey that much. Uh, um, I mean, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that new employee should kind of hold on a stick the other day. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, the Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup uh, three times in six years, like from 2010 to 2016 or something. Uh, they had, had this, or 2015. Three times. And they won like in 10, uh, 12, and 13, or 12 and 14, something like that. They just had a killer team. It's all because of this coach they had. That name is Quinville. I'm not all up to speed on, on all this stuff. But here's what happened. They had, uh, during their Stanley Cup run in 2010, the first year they won it, they, they'll bring up players from like the minor leagues to get experience on practice teams for the NHL teams towards the end of the year. And so the player was kept anonymous until one of these newspapers like gave out everything but his name, gave out his age and everything else. And it was like, oh, we know who this is because it's such a small amount of guys who get called up during that time. They call them black aces, guys who are promising. So they'll bring them up toward the end of the year to get some practice time, you know, with the pros with the pros. So the next year, they're ready to go. They're up to speed with how we play at this level. Uh-huh. You know, so they brought up this black ace, and I'm not going to say his name because he didn't want him out there to begin with. Um, 20 year old guy. He was the 11th overall pick that year. I mean, this guy was 
poised to be like, you know, a top tier guy, young, 20 years old, you know, getting called up already, ready to go. So he gets called up and the video manager for the team who goes over tape with players, you know, to show what they can improve on. He's like, come up to my place tonight. We'll watch some film or practice so I can kind of show you what you need to hit on. So this dude like propositions this kid. Like, if, if you don't let me do this to you, you're never going to be anything in the NHL. Cool. See ya. You know, <laughs> <laughs> made the, he, he made the kid, uh, let him give him oral sex. And then like jer- jer- jerked off on the kid. Okay. The kid reported all this shit. And there's internal memos from the Blackhawks in 2010 of them discussing this. Like, we got to keep this quiet. We're on a Stanley Cup run right now. Keep this quiet. Well, other players found out about it somehow or another. Like the coach went and talked or somebody talked or something. And they were calling him fag and all this other shit during practice. So then it was known. And he ended up getting traded around. And nobody wanted to touch this kid anymore. Because he had got this reputation, you know, he never went anywhere. Back in 2010, it was different. You know, I mean, it was all like. I think forcing somebody to to blow you is never never a good thing, you know. No, no, no. I'm just saying like there's, you know, there's so many openly gay, you know, athletes and stuff. It's just different, you know. So the Blackhawks fired that film coach. And guess what he did? He went and got a job coaching junior league with 15 and 16 year olds. And then guess what? He got popped for sexually assaulting a minor. Wow. All right. So Quinville, the coach of the the Blackhawks at the time was known as like the guy who could turn around franchises. You know, he, he came into, into a shit Chicago, turned them around. They won three cups in six years. Well, he's been, he's been in Miami coaching the Florida Panthers and they're on a run right now. He got fired this past week. They said, we don't care how good you are. We can't have, we can't be involved with you at all. So they cut him out too. Wow. Yeah. NHL get ready to drop the hammer. And this kid's like suing. He's not a kid now. I mean, he's, you know, he was 30, he was 32, yeah, 33, 31, 32, somewhere around there. Cause he was, he was 20 in 2010, you know, but he, he's like, you, they ruined my career. I couldn't go anywhere, you know. Um, so that happened this week. And I still got all this shit in my hair. <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> womp womp. Um, the Henry Ruggs uh, thing happened out in Vegas this past week. Did you see that? Henry who? Ruggs. Uh-uh. It's a player in the in the NFL. Uh, you probably saw just know who he was. The guy who, who crashed that car. He was doing 156 miles an hour oh, I see this. Like at three in the morning and hit a woman in Vegas and killed her and her dog her car caught on fire when he, when he collided with her. So it was estimated he's doing 156 miles an hour and on what kind of car it was. It was some kind of high end car. Um, Former Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, the third was driving 156 miles an hour with a blood alcohol content of, Point one six one, so twice the legal limit. Um, his car slammed to the rear of a vehicle that that burned, killing a twenty three year old woman and her and her dog. Um, let's see here. He 
went he went through <clears throat> court the other day. Um, I think whatever car it was, the computer in the car said the when the when the airbags deployed, he was doing 127. But the estimated speed to be 156 when the impact happened. Um, he was in a Corvette, new Corvette. Wow. Happened at 3:40 in the morning. Them C8s is bad. Yeah, they don't play around. Jeez. So yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's just, but that's been an ongoing thing for years. <clears throat> A bunch of young guys get into some kind of sports. They get m- real money for the first time in their lives, and they fuck shit up. You know, um, what's his name? Bias. Back in the early '80s, he got drafted by the Celtics, and then now he got drafted. He tried smoking some crack and it killed him. Lane Lane Bias, I think is what his name was. Yeah, smoked crack for the first time and it killed him dead. Heart attack, gone. Hmm. It happens so often. Athletes, well, think about it, man. I mean, like you're so you're twenty, twenty one, twenty two. I mean, like you know, even up to thirty. I mean, all of a sudden you've got millions. Fuck you, money. And and access. And pretty much, man, just because you got that much money, you're young, you're you're going to be somewhat celebrity, you're going to have access. Yep. If, if back in the day, you know, if we had access, I mean, you know. It wouldn't have been good. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> We're allowed to be the ones behind the Corvette wheel. Yeah. You know, just doing stupid shit. Because, I mean, you know, if you just got stupid money and access and whatever it takes, I mean, anybody's going to give you whatever. I think the difference is a lot of a lot of people get this money, and since they've always been so good at their thing, whether it be catching a ball or throwing a ball or wh- whatever it is, they've always kind of been given a pass. You know what I mean? Um, I, I started at school with kids who were good academically. They would kind of get a pass all through high school in their classes. And then when they got to college, professors didn't give a fuck where they were from or who their mom and daddy was or how good they were at stuff. You still had to do the work. I saw a bunch of supposedly academically gifted people struggle at college because they had it in their head. Oh, I can go into pre-med. I'm the valedictorian. I'm the salutatorian. I can handle that. I know anatomy and physiology. All right. Show us. Hang on a second. I wasn't ready for all this. I have to do all this work before the, before the end of the semester. You know, guys who play ball do the same thing. They're never told no. Yeah. You know, through high school, through college, they're told, hell yeah, we'll, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it for you. We'll take care of it for you. All right. Well, now you're going to go drive a brand new Corvette in the back of a woman and kill her at 340 in the morning when you're drunk off your ass. It's going to cover for you now. That's terrible. It really is. That's terrible. It's the. I mean, you know, you're talking about like doing, you know, blowing all your money and doing crazy stuff. I mean, think about Tyson, Mike Tyson, so much buying tigers and being in debt up to his ears, you know, because he he was young and signed bad contracts. Yeah, yeah, he was just young, you know, and just had just everything was. He was good at what he did, made just bajillions. He's good at killing guys, (laughs) just knocking the shit out of guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Golly, I see some, I see some crazy stuff, man, on the internet with that dude. Tyson? Yeah. But he's t- kind of turned things around his older age, man. I, he's done it. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh. I don't know if he went through therapy or what he did, 
he seems to have kind of straightened himself out. Well, he does a lot of drugs, and he's done a lot of drugs. But the good kind. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> he hits the weed pretty damn hard. I've seen some interviews, man, and that dude has done He's it. got a farm, doesn't he? Doesn't he ranch, have his own yeah. farm or a ranch or a weed ranch? Yeah. I think he's trying to get like a hotel opened up on it and everything. Yeah. I watched a video with him and Steve-O, and Steve-O shows up at his house at a party that he, he wasn't invited to. He just he heard Mike, sure Tyson, he <laughs> Mike Tyson was having a party. He's like, come on, man, let's go. He goes, as soon as I knocked on the door, Mike Tyson opens the door up, man. He go, he first thing out of his mouth is like, hey, where's the cocaine? <laughs> he goes, Steve-O's like, I got it right here. And he's like, come with me. And literally our first conversation is him leading me off into a bathroom. And they do like a golf ball size hunk of coke. <laughs> <laughs> the good drugs, right? <laughs> yeah. And then finally, when the coke was done, Tyson was like, "Going, all right, man, I gotta go." <laughs> he went and bounced on somewhere else in the party. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! I mean, Vol, talking about Steve-O. He has such a turnaround in his life. My guy, the guy having a turnaround. Tyson turned his life around. Steve-O for sure. Uh, did you ever watch the documentary about him when he was like going off the deep end? Uh-uh. Um, he was in a bad place, dude. Uh, would like lock himself in his apartment and just like coke, meth, and whippets all day long. You know, j- just I mean, <laughs> tearing the tearing the walls off his apartment. Um, and it was Johnny Knoxville got him out of all that shit because California's got the fifty one fifty law, where if you believe somebody in your life is a danger to themselves, they can be held by the state for forty eight hours. And Johnny went by to see Steve because he heard about how bad he was. And it, he was out of his mind. And the video was Johnny just sitting on the couch, terrified. Because, I mean, Steve, like he was possessed. He was out of, he was, he was gone. It wasn't Steve anymore. Yeah. It was a monster. And they called the police. And they came and got him and took him at 5150 to dry out. <clears throat> but Steve O. <clears throat> knew he had to stop. He he had the want to to do it. If there's somebody out there in your life that needs help, if they hadn't decided for themselves yet that they need to stop, they're not going to stop. Right. And there's no amount of therapy or or uh, substance abuse counseling or rehab that's going to fix that. No. Bam. Bam's been in and out of rehab now 20 times. Mm. You know. And just can't, just has no want to to stop it. Yeah, it's it's pretty. You know, when you when you've been close to that, it's 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 you just you know being close to someone that has that addiction or or a, a addiction or whatever. You know, it's just it's terrible. Do you want to talk about that now? Okay. Yeah. Um. I ran this by Harpoon earlier tonight, uh, simply because it's Men's Health Month now. Uh, everybody, go get get the lingering finger done, get your prostate checked, <laughs> make make sure you're all healthy. Um, but something a lot of people don't talk about, especially with men, is um, the suicide prevention. Men of our age are the top of, of suicides in America. Guys in their Late 30s, early 40s, into the 50s, 
this is the prime time for a lot of guys. I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's just a pressure of life that builds up or if it's undiagnosed mental issues that need to be talked about and worked out. So many guys decide just to end it all themselves about this time of our, of, of our lives, forties and fifties. Um, and if you're out there and you need help, find somebody. Um, I know for men, there is very few resources and, um, yeah, women have it rough. I get it. But the access for resources for women is out proportionally more than men. There's so many more resources for women. And I get it. I understand. But needless death shouldn't be a thing in America. To be as, as prosperous as we are, there should be no reason that a man should commit suicide because he's got nobody to talk to there's always somebody there to talk to you. Um, and a lot of men go through uh, problems at home with spousal abuse, and they don't want to talk about that because they look like a pussy. You know, they, they look like some kind of a beta male. Um, but uh, Harpoon had had a time in his life where he dealt with um, a spouse who had uh, substance abuse problems. Um, some physical abuse problems. Um, do you want to talk about it at all? Yeah, sure. Um, overall, man, for sure. If, if you're, if you're with somebody or you're dealing with any kind of, um, abuse situation, mental, physical, emotional, whatever it is, uh, reach out to somebody, you know, that's, uh, you know, it could be a, a friend, it could be, you know, something professional, it could be something maybe at your church. If not, you don't feel comfortable going to your church, go somewhere else, go to another church, man, and talk to somebody. But anyway, um, sometimes, you know, when you're so close to, well, just my particular example, man, is, is you know, I was married and, um, and my wife had some substance issues uh, that, she couldn't or wasn't ready to let go of. And, um, it's, it, it's hard to, to, uh, try to do the right thing and have somebody constantly trying to hamstring you, you know, that the, the abuse, the, uh, the, um, substance abuse, uh, turned her into a different person, you know, um, uh, when she was clean and sober, very sweet, and you know the the person that I, I married, um, and then you know after a, a little bit of alcohol, it could have been a little bit or a lot. Uh, it was just a very uh, dark side, you know, that was constant, and you know um, there was a lot of uh, you know physical abuse. You know, she would throw things and and. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it got the, the best place for me to, for best thing for me to do is when I saw it starting was just to leave, you know, I just, I mean, I would, there was times where I'd go spend the night in my car or at the shop or somebody else's, you know, family or whatever, you know, on a couch, just to, just to wait the, the, you know, wait till she got back to her. Wait for the storm to pass over, wait yeah. for the sober up to happen. Yeah. The sober up. Um, you know, it's, it's very scarring 
to to live through something like that. Um, and I'm I'm 100 percent sure, you know, that people that grow up in abusive households, you know, physically, um, you know, you that that's something, man, that you recognize real quick. Yeah, you see it, you know it, you've lived through it, and you don't want any part of it again. Um, you know this uh, this particular this even this uh, not just my particular set of issues, but it's almost given me a little bit. I don't know. I want to use. I don't want to say the PST post traumatic whatever. Yes, <clears throat> PTSD. And um, yeah, but I'm I'm I don't know. I'm just a little bit more sensitive to. Um, alcohol, especially mm-hmm. in general, you know, our, our city, uh, had, had been a, what's called a dry County right. where you couldn't buy or sell alcohol in the whole County up until I guess in the last six or seven years yeah, or, or around or, it or, or less. And, um, you know, me having a restaurant and it'd been a, a perfect way for uh, me to bring more money into my my shop and to be able to you know to open a little bar or a little just have where you could buy pizza and beer. Yeah. Um. I mean, much more profitable. Much. You know, it's just it's just it was a big business decision. But when I when I thought to myself, you know, had you rather have a another boatload of money that goes along with dealing with a bunch more drunks? Or had you rather skipped the the interaction with the drinkers? And for me, it was just a no-brainer. I mean, it was I wasn't going to expose myself to that again. Put up with those people? No way. Yeah. Not, not and it's for a potential unlimited amount of money. Yeah. You know, um, it just it's it's something I cut loose pretty quick. You know, I'm just I'm just I'm I'm done with it. Um, definitely, man, I had to, uh, I had to go through some counseling, you know, and I talked to, uh, professional counselors about it. I talked to, uh, people at my church. Um, you guys heard, you know, y'all, y'all are my friends and, you know, y'all would be a sounding board. And it's, it's, that's important, you know, get it out of you some way. And, uh, of course, man, you know, I would always use the gym to, to go and leave anything I didn't feel like I got out the residue is left over, you know, just use it as fuel. Uh, it's yeah. Abuse of any sort is, is, is tough. So do you I mean, do you have any questions or am I going in the right direction? No, it's just, uh, you, you went, what about like, like going through the divorce? Um, how difficult of a time was that for you? Like I couldn't imagine trying to go through something like that. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was, uh, um, it was it was it was a real dark place. Yeah. Um, I was definitely uh, homeless um, for a little over a year, um, and that's that's kind of something, man. That's that's an eye opener too. You know, yeah. I mean, I was in my I was in my forties, and um, and was homeless. I was yeah. basically living out of my car, or, or you know, in the gracious you know, provides of family and friends and, you know, sleeping at the shop a lot and, you know, having to go shower where, you know, I just had to find a place to shower because I showered every day, yep. you know, whatever. Go take a dip in the pool or whatever. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man, <laughs> it, was, creek. it was, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was just a, it was a lot that, you know, to deal with that too. And, and the more, um, you know, when, when you all of a sudden 
when two people aren't getting along, then you throw a couple of lawyers in to ag it on. Yeah. It can really get, it can really get bad. So, um, uh, once all that was through, you know, I mean, it was, it, 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 once the procedure was legally over and everything was done, um, that's when the healing was supposed to start. You know, it's supposed to start there. But, you know, with uh, my situation, man, I mean, she was extra vindictive, yeah. you know, um, and uh, and it was just it was just uncalled for. So, you know, there again, that's even something more that I even look at, you know, is, you know, how to uh, just friends or people that, you know, I want to have a relationship with or business associates or anything, you know, any kind of personal interaction. I'm I'm overly aware of you know, how are things could possibly go when they go sideways, you know, if they do or whatever. That's a hard way to live, really. You, you get kind of, I dated a girl for a while and she had had some physical abuse and we were talking when we were outside, we were waiting for to go in somewhere, a movie, something like that. We were standing outside and the wind was blowing and her, her hat, she had longer hair. And it got in front of her face. I reached up just to get her hair out of her, put it behind her ear. And when I reached up, she like jerked back because she one time she ever saw a hand coming toward her face when she was going to get smacked. Yeah, you know that was years before this, and she was still gun shy about a hand in her in her peripheral vision. You know, so yeah, I could only imagine. You know, you you want to date again, you want to get in a relationship again, but you just went through this trauma yeah. of a divorce, of dealing with somebody who had a serious substance abuse problem. And you're like, well, shit, do I really want to jump into that all over again? I can tell you. To I, risk my peace. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I, for anybody that is going through something like that, you know, um, a breakup of whatever reason or, or whatever, but especially, you know, if you've got some sort of an abuse mixed in with it, um, you can definitely, there, there are times when you're going to feel like, Hey, there's, there's no way I, I ever want to expose myself or even, you know, have that in my life again. And, and it would be easy to be scared to get back in the dating pool or even try it again. It, it would be easy to be gun shy. Uh, I, I, I feel like just to me, my personal, um, way I'm wired is, is man, I'm going to, I'm going to first anchor me, clean me out and get ready to a point where I am physically and mentally ready. Um, so I don't shortchange somebody bringing some bunch of BS on with right. me. But once I get to that point, once I get cleaned out, which I'll be actively doing from hence, you know, then once I get there, man, it's full blown. I'm going to somebody else. I'm, I'm not going to let that last defeat be where I stop. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. I mean, if it's a, you know, if it's personal relationship defeat or if it's a business uh, decision defeat or if it's just a whatever, if I feel like I'm losing, I ain't, that's that's not where it's going to end. You know, I'm going to I'm going to build back. I'm going to come, you know, challenge for the belt one more time. I'm not going to be I'm not going to go out like that. And I know, man, that sounds kind of whack, you know, no, wacky, but <laughs> but damn, man, I mean, I just feel like it's, you know, it's just that's I, I'm, I want to um, I want to do better. Well, you want to be happy, yeah. you know, and, and happiness to you means having somebody to share that with, yeah. you know, and so why would you give up on trying to be happy? Yeah. You know? well. And speaking of which, 
How was your weekend with Miss Alabama? <laughs> She's got her own intro music? Yeah. Wow. What's wrong, Judd? <laughs> you didn't like that one? No, that was a good one. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. Intro music. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. We've had some fun. We really have. It's uh, It's been it's, – we've, we've laughed a lot, you know, the last couple of weeks. I got him good. Go ahead. What's that? I, the music got him good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. Let's see. Last week, man, she came over, and uh, we spent some time out on the out on the deck, and um, and yeah, that was a behind your a, house there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. nice. Um, we sat out there that night, and and I had a bonfire out in the yard, and um, we had a few drinks, and and uh, you know had a blanket, and just a you know it was just a really cool, very cool um, fall night, very yeah. nice, and we laughed a lot. I tell you, man, it's been a a really I have a hard time remembering the last time that I just belly laughed and, you know, till I was crying dang near, you know, just, but talking with, with somebody I'm dating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, just to have, like, I, I do that stuff with y'all, man. I mean, dang, we just, we're goofy and we talk and whatever. And we just kind of know the, you know, how to do it and relax enough or whatever. But so anyway, man, we had a, we had a really, uh, some really cool time laughing a lot and, you know, all that. And then, um, of course I've been going, um, over to, uh, I'm still taking her yoga class. Oh, really? Yeah. Good. It's, uh, I, I like, um, I mean, she's a great instructor, man. She's really, you know, really, you can, you can tell, man, the class, you can hear people in there grunting and groaning and <laughs> trying to keep up and stuff. You may go take it with you. What's that? You may go with you sometime to take it. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and more than grunting and groaning. Like, oh God. <laughs> 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 Yeah, man, we're having a good time. It's awesome. Uh-huh. I'm glad. At this, uh, she, I was sitting there last night trying to relax, and all of a sudden, I get pulled into a chat with you and her. Oh yeah, on Telegram, and that just goes goes to shit. And yeah, you know, I try to outgross her, and she comes back. The article she sent me today about the, the ten. Oh my god, the ten. Was it the ten worst? What did she send me? Kinks or something? Yeah, it was some kind of like sex kink uh, article. Jig, are you and, on Telegram? No. No, you need to get there because oh. you're missing out, buddy. That's where all the good stuff happens. Where's she? Uh, what's the name of the article? The 10 Weirdest Sexual Kinks. I'm like, oh, we'll talk about it tonight on the show. And I got the number five. I'm like, we are not talking about this on the show. That's some nasty <laughs> There was vomit involved, and I'm not going to do that. Hell no, dude. It's just like the wackest. I mean, that's for sure. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so vanilla. You know, hell yeah. I don't yeah, like just any of that. Some good old 16th century sex is all I need, you know. Just <laughs> take off your petticoat, ma'am, and this, you know. Yeah, I, I was like, no, nah, that's that sounds about right. Yep, that's pretty gross. That number five, nope. I'm out. Yeah. I am calling it out. I said, we're not going to go over this. Give me that first Baptist sex. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take a break right quick. Right. Now, nah, dude, I went to the casino this weekend, and I got skunked on every... Just... The games I weren't sure about did great. The ones that I knew for a fact were going to be okay... Mm-mm. Killed you. Got screwed. And then I wanted to bet on the on the fights, but if I don't bet on the fights, I want to watch them, you know? And the the sports book wouldn't show it showing them. So I'm like, well, I'm not gonna that would be easy for those guys to do. Well like, the horseshoe always does it. They always show the fights. Huh. You know, but like I said, that sports book of that casino is nowhere near as big. Yeah. And it really don't have a whole lot of seating in there. So I still 
they didn't let anybody man in the sports book now. Really? It was all done through kiosks, mm. which I liked because they had the kiosk set up all over the casino. Yeah. So you didn't have to go all the way to the sports book to put in a bet. Oh, really? I didn't know that. They have them like right next to the front doors where you come in. Sports book kiosk right there. So you just walk in, do your bet, and leave. You Dude, it's like the it. size of the safe right here. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, about, it's about that tall with a screen on it. And you put your money in, and then you pick what you, if you want college football, professional football, uh, UFC fights, baseball, hockey. Whatever's available. Pick whatever category you want, and it pulls up all available. Wow. Yeah. It, it made it super easy if you want to put in a bet. A little too easy, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> When you do it like those five five game parlays, four bro. game parlay, relax, relax, relax. Was the Baylor game the only one that screwed you out of the money? Uh, no, I put in I put in my bets for the morning games on Friday night. I figured I was probably going to sleep late, so I wanted to get the get my bets in before uh, I slept through the games or the point spread changed anymore or whatever. And so I put in. Um, Let's see, let me, I got the pictures of my bets on my phone like a real degenerate. Um, let's see here. Mm, got the burps. Okay, so for, for for Saturday morning, I had Army Air Force on the over of 37 and a half. I had SMU Memphis on the over of 71. Um, I had Baylor TCU, uh, Baylor minus seven. And I had Louisiana Monroe and Texas State at over fifty eight and a half. Army Air Force was one I was watching. That was the first. I think it was the first one playing that day. Uh, Army Air Force and SMU Memphis both started. So, uh, the Army Air Force started at ten thirty that morning. So I woke up. I woke up like during the fourth quarter of that game. I'm like, oh god, gotta see what's going on. You know, <clears throat> went to overtime. I'm like, oh, we still got a chance to make that over. We still got a chance. <laughs> And uh, so Army scored in overtime. I'm like, okay, all I need is seven points to hit the over. <laughs> That's all I need. All I need is Air Force to score on on this to go to second overtime, and I'm golden. <laughs> I'm good. Fourth and goal. <laughs> they pass the end zone, and Air Force drops the ball. The game was over. I'm like, motherfucker. So I was like crumpling it up and throwing it across the room. <laughs> Get your pants on. I got to put more bats in. Get your pants on. I got to put bats in. We're still laying in bed, dude. I thought y'all were on the casino floor. No, no, we were laying in bed. It's vacation, man. I was like, put your damn pants on. I got to go bet some more money. So. Tink done hit a lick on a penny machine and lost her pants. (laughs) Hell yeah. Over there celebrating without them, man. (laughs) And so we head back down to the floor. Go up to the kiosk, put my money in, you know, pull it up. Look, I even called Dingo to get his take on things, you know, because he, he is a sports, sports, college football guru. He, he knows what's going on with college football. So I retook uh, the Baylor TCU game at Baylor minus seven and a half. Uh, Idaho State and BYU were playing 54 and a half on the over. They had Coastal Carolina, who's been a juggernaut this year, against uh, Georgia Southern. And I took uh, Coastal Carolina at 14 and a half, and then had LSU, Alabama. I'm like, oh, God. So I call, call Dingo. I'm like, hey, dude. You know, he's LSU fanatic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
Oh, it's been a rough year. <laughs> How bad's it going to be? Is it going to be 29 points bad? <laughs> He's like, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. And I think Ed Ogeron, oh. I think he will resign at halftime. <laughs> like, oh, man. Come on. He's like, he's like, honestly, I think they'll win by at least 29. Just out of spite. Yeah. You know. That didn't happen. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'm taking them. 28 and a half. Taking Bama 28 and a half. Mm. And so. It's always the half. Yeah. <laughs> I get up to the room to watch the rest of the game. Because the Baylor game started by that time. Because TCU just fired their coach for 20 years last week, Gary yeah. Patterson. He got, I was like, man, they're going to play like shit. Baylor's been on a hot run this year. Baylor's going to just, just whoop the shit out of TCU. Yeah. They couldn't move the ball to save their life. <laughs> there could have been like golden poontang in the end zone. That guy couldn't have made it down there. <laughs> the referees wouldn't help. They, they called both teams had like almost 100 yards of penalties at halftime. Damn. The rest called penalties on eight straight plays. Eight straight plays. There was yellow flags all over the place during that game. So Baylor ended up losing by two. And I was like, screw it. I'm not going to get into this anymore. The the BYU-Idaho State game, BYU almost had the over at halftime. Yeah. It was like 35 to nothing. I'm like, oh. <laughs> wow. I should have bet the farm on that game. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, of course, Bama had to throw I think I was talking to a, a guy I work with. He's a big Alabama fan. And he's like, I think Saban knows the spreads and intentionally tries not to hit them. I was like, they almost intentionally lost the other night, too. Yeah. LSU put up a fight. They weren't ready for that. Nope. Um, what was the other game I had? Coastal Carolina. I didn't even checked the Coastal Carolina game. I was so bad about the Baylor game. I, I just I just popped another <laughs> bottle. Like, this was <laughs> – that was the end of the game at BYU-Idaho State. It's 49-14. They covered the over. They had it. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was not happy about, about my, my gambling addiction. I <laughs> uh, should have done better than that. That's still a lot of fun though. Oh, it was a blast. Um, it was a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, $200. You had a, you had a, you had a hundred per parlay. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 it could have been more though. Yeah. I mean, I used to go in there and drop. Five six hundred at a crap table, right? You know, at least this I get a little enter- little entertainment out of the whole deal. Right. So rooted on for a while. Yeah, and I, I, I won it. And the two fights I was going to bet on would have paid off. I took Rose, Rose Nomin Yunez, yeah, and I took uh, uh, Usman because yeah. you were talking shit. Oh, Kobe Covid is going to kick his ass. <laughs> you can't even put him on the ground. Usman has like Velcro on his feet. You can't get him off the ground, dude. He's slick. <laughs> I know it. I know. I was just, I was just <laughs> pulling for Covington. Well, he talks a lot of good shit. He talks shit, man. Yeah. Well, he did the, whole, the first time the whole, the whole, the uh, whole, all the shit he talked in the first fight. <laughs> Wearing like the the Donald Trump hat. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the bitches in the bikinis in the hot tub with <laughs> <You're> him. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he's the entertainer. You know. What's uh, what's Mike been up to, man? My Mike. Uh, he's got um. He's got a doctor's appointment coming up this week, uh, getting his um, back, hips checked out. Uh, he's been doing some fishing. He loves to fish. He's, he's, I mean, golly, that guy knows so much about fishing. Speaking of that, you didn't talk about 
Columbus in a while. Is he still swimming around, or did you let him go? No, man. Columbus is he's he's yeah he's hanging in there. Um, it's kind of odd, man, that you ask about him, really, because for the last two or three days, and and I've noticed this over the time period that I've had him. From time to time, he'll just go to, kind of to the bottom of the tank and just chill out, kind of facing the weeds. Like he's just trying to block the whole rest of the world out. Just get away from everywhere. We're we're ninety five percent of the time he's hanging out, he's swimming up top and and stuff like that. But he's just kind of going through one of those phases, and I don't know what you know. I don't know enough about fish to even have a. <laughs> I think a it's kind of like a breeding thing. Could maybe be. he's missing out on you know. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything like that. I don't I don't know the I don't know enough about fish like that. But for sure, man, he's is uh, a breeder spawning whatever. Yeah, it's it's definitely changed. <laughs> You know, and it and it goes like that, man. And like every two two three months, he'll mm-hmm. go through like a almost a depression or a something. moody phase. Moody, yeah. yeah. For a damn fish, man. I mean, he's <laughs> <moody>. <laughs> you know, he's still eating good. <clears throat> yeah, man. I I I take care of him now. I've got a a tank full of some some big ass minnows that I've been feeding him last couple of weeks. So yeah, he's thick. Even he's even got like a you know like a extra roll man coming over his forehead i mean he's <laughs> he's got he's got some shoulders on him yeah that's a i told y'all man i got a new kitten yeah yeah, yeah. you mentioned a minute ago oh my goodness i'll tell you what now that that he's that's i tell you um his personality coming out yet well all right so i'm not there a lot you know i'm at the house so while i'm not there he's just chilling so as soon as I walk in, he lays eyes on me. It's game time. It's time to party. He's Daddy's home. Bingo, man. And it is go till I, till I have to take a timeout. I have to put me in timeout. Because right? I'm all like, you got to stop it, dude. I'm like, I got I to gotta get something to eat, yo. I mean, you're eating my ankles alive. You know, stop it. So I was like, all right, man, just go back. Just go chill out for a little bit, man, you know. Because, I mean, you know, I'm wired a little different, man, just to have something gnawing on me, man, for like two hours straight. I'm like, all right, that's enough, you know, stop that shit. But uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful little creature and uh, lots of love in him. Yeah, I know he's, he's going he's gonna to help me out. Going to be a rascal. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this now. Uh, so I was just, um, first, uh, the second day that I had him, I just happened to uh, look up white cats. Yeah. Because he's white. And the very first thing that pops up are um, a lot of white cats are deaf. Mm-hmm. Some of the dogs, too, I think. I know, like, uh, Dalmatians are prone to being deaf, and so are bull terriers. White, white bull terriers are prone to be deaf. Really? Mm-hmm. See, that totally got me off guard. But I am I, I, I know that he has a, <clears throat> a hearing impairment. Um, I just, since I saw that, I've started to, you know, do my own little experiments with him and stuff and, and uh, just notice a little bit about what what's going on like whenever sometimes whenever i walk into the house you know my front door is kind of it's been shut all day so it kind of makes a little bit of a pop a little stuck you know break and he'll be over like on the couch or something and he'll look up but he'll be looking all over the room you know first he'll check out you know all around not here not looking right over his right shoulder where i am you know but finally he'll when he when he makes eye contact with me then oh you know hey <laughs> dad's home Party time. <laughs> I, I found a news article here a little 
more sports oriented. It's been like the sports episode kind of. We talked a lot about it. Um, it was a classless move. High school football team blows out appointment a hundred and blows out opponent a hundred and six to nothing. Inglewood Morning Morningside and Inglewood High School faced off Friday in a matchup decided well before opening kickoff. The final score reflected that. Inglewood one hundred six Morningside zero. Inglewood led fifty nine to nothing after the first quarter. <laughs> and running and running clock didn't start until late in the second quarter, according to the Los Angeles Times. The team attempted a two point conversion while up one hundred and four to nothing. And quarterback Justin Martin, who committed to UCLA last week, threw thirteen touchdown passes. It was a classless move, Morningside coach Brian Collins said Saturday. Six, Eng- sorry, seven Inglewood players, all transfers, are committed to play college football per the Times. Meanwhile, Daily Breeze reported Morningside players met Collins for the first time a week prior to the season. Collins referenced local Southern California prep powerhouse as a comparable competition for Inglewood. Go play St. John Bosco, or Mater D, he said. The Inglewood Unified School District, which oversees both schools, said in a statement it was saddened beyond words by the events in the game. The school district promised a full investigation. Well, the investigation was they got their ass kicked. The California Interscholastic Interscholastic Federation Southern Section also reprimanded Inglewood. The CIF Southern Section expects that all athletic contests are to be conducted under the strict code of good sportsmanship. A score of 106 to nothing does not represent those ideals. So, should there be a mercy rule? I would think, yeah. I mean, certainly. I mean, if you think think about like fifty nine and nothing first quarter, is that what you said? Yeah. I mean, by the time you're up seventy to nothing, I mean it's pretty daggum obvious. Call the dogs off. You know, I mean, you're like, come on now. Let's just, if nothing else, just you know, run the clock out. Well, they didn't you start the, the clock, the running clock, until the second quarter, the second half, I think. Or the end of the second quarter. What they should have, after, after you're up, you know, 60 to nothing or whatever, the clock shouldn't stop. It should just keep running. Yeah, right. Non-stop. Right, right. Yeah. Something, you know. Now, I'm going to take the opposite stance. I'm going to take the stance of Steve Spurrier. If you want to stop scoring, then stop us. That was what he... One of his one of his players got him a copy of The Art of War by Sun Tzu years ago. He read it, and one of the first rules Sun Tzu had for war was once you have your foot on the enemy's throat, you don't let them back up. And so Steve Spurrier, people would complain about Steve Spurrier running up the score on people. He's like, well, if they want us to stop, they got a defense. Use it. But this is high school sports. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking, man, I was thinking, damn, these are, and it's know, in California. 10th grade guys. <laughs> yeah, we got to baby these. I forgot. Yeah. We're not dealing with like the, the biggest boys in the world. Yeah. Yeah. They've been cradled since pre-K. They um, may not have ever swept. <laughs> Somebody got swept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some sweeping going on. Yeah. But I mean, when we played sports, I don't remember them ever. Uh, we had, we had a shitty baseball team show when I was young, you know, and we weren't good. 
you know, but we played all seven innings, even if we were getting just lambasted. There was like a uh, like a fifteen run rule when, mm. when I was growing up. Yeah, if you if your opponent got up fifteen, like say it was in the the third inning, and they and uh, they batted first, then you would get the opportunity to, to catch up or whatever. And if you wanted to call it for your own team, you could just you know say, "Man, we're." We get it, man. I mean, you know, y'all can obviously do whatever you want. You know, y'all are just a different, qual- uh, you know, um, different caliber team. Caliber, yeah, yeah, just better. Yeah, you know, bigger you know. kids or whatever. You know, I mean, they're just, you know, when you're younger, a lot of times, you know, that that year or two is big difference. A in, big difference. You know, height. So, yeah, I don't. I, I think that the, you know, I, I think most coaches <clears throat> think Steve Spurrier is more the exception than the rule. Most coaches are going to start especially this time of year, especially in college and high school ball, you're coming up on playoff time. So once you get up by about 21, 28 points, you're going to start bringing those starters out, let them start resting, getting ready for the, for Next the, 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 the postseason, mm-hmm. especially in the FC, in the, in the SEC. You know, if <clears throat> I think that's what Bama was hoping for against LSU, they've been struggling so much this year. LSU has hell. They had their bye week week before last. Ed Ogeron caught off the Tiger game during their bye week. They usually had a, a practice, like a scrimmage between two sides of, of the team, the Tiger game. All the fans come watch the players play against each other. He said, I'm canceling this year. We're so, we got so many guys hurt and so many guys sick. We're not even going to have it this year. So I think Bama was expecting them to still be hobbling and they were hoping to get up enough. They could pull some of those starters out and put in some backups, get them start resting because they got, if, if they keep going, they're going to wind up against Georgia, undefeated Georgia in the SEC title game. Wow. And Georgia has not allowed more than 17 points this year against anybody. Their, their defense didn't let up, didn't, their defense didn't allow a touchdown to like four games into the season. Georgia's ruthless. Georgia year. is, they got that big, what's his name? That's name is Davis. Big son of a bitch. Six foot four, 320 pounds lineman. And he's fast as shit. He's he's just see how let me see how big that guy. Hang on one second. I'm gonna look this up. He's a gigantic son of a bitch. I think I think by far they're the best team in the SEC this oh, year. Without possibly the best team in the country. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Davis, six foot six, three hundred and thirty pounds. What position? Defensive tackle, right there on the line. I forgot who they're who they're playing. Vanderbilt, maybe, and the quarterback tried to scramble. He ran the quarterback down, and I mean, he's fast too. He just big. He could move. Ran the quarterback down and, and they, dragged his ass down. I was gonna say, man, you just think some real fast six six three twenty dude <laughs> three thirty coming at you, running at you. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> he better be fast. Yeah, he's he's huge, son of a bitch. Um, that's him right there. Oh god, yeah, he's a big old boy. Um, but it, I forgot who it was. They were did a fifteen years ago. I saw a news <clears throat> a thing on the news about these acad these high end academies. Like I think it's one is called IMG. They bring bring these like top tier players in to get an extra year of high school and to play football or basketball or baseball, whatever. We bring them in. There's like that much school going on, and a whole lot of sports. 
know what I'm saying? Uh, in the weight room, uh, getting all their meals prepped for them. I mean, putting them through, getting them ready to go to national signing day to go to sports. And some of these guys, they were, some of these linemen they had there were gigantic. And 15 years ago, this guy said, yeah, he said, probably in the next 30 years, we're going to have 400 pound linemen who are running a four or five. Now, could you imagine a 400 pound man coming at you and do a 40 yard dash in four and a half seconds? I wouldn't want to be one of those quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. You know. But what Georgia, I mean, the first first game of the year, Georgia beat Clemson, who the defending national champion, champions beat them 10 to 7, or 10 to, 10 to 6, maybe 10 to 6. And all the scoring on Georgia's side was a pick six by the defense and then a field goal. Georgia's offense didn't even score, it was the defense who won the game for them. Wow, they are just—they are mean this year. Look at me. Yeah, but we we talk about it all the time. How much bigger humans are getting? You know, I was considered big, you know, twenty years ago. Now I'm kind of average. You know, average height for men in America is getting about six foot tall. You know, and I'm right around six three. You know, Tink's brothers six five, six six. You know, so he's becoming more of the average. There are bigger and bigger and bigger guys for humans in general, not just weight wise, height wise. They're getting so big. And, uh, you know, what used to be if Tom Segura, who's a comedian, he played football. He grew up in Florida and uh, played football and everything in high school. <laughs> he was, they were like, you know, are you going to go to college? Yeah, I'll probably end up, you know, walking on in Auburn or, you know, <laughs> I know I may I may walk on at Miami or something something like that. One of the guys he played with was getting recruited by Miami, and he's like, "Hey, I'm going down for my official visit. You want to go with me?" And Tom's like, "Yeah, sure." You know, he's like, "I'm 18. <laughs> I spent a weekend in Miami." They went to the game and were on the sidelines, and they were standing like in the tunnel when the players are coming out. And Tom's not even six foot tall, but he's a big guy. He's like, Those guys are walking by. He's like, "I am nowhere near this caliber." <laughs> <laughs> he said, I thought I was a big lineman. But standing next to the guys who play for the University of Miami, he looked like a midget. I think he's like 5'10". He's like, I'm <laughs> nothing compared to these monsters <laughs> they're getting to come and play. You know? Now, if you're if you're a quarterback and you're under 6'2", you're considered undersized. They want guys who can see over those gigantic linemen. They want a, they want a 6'5", 6'6", quarterback. Yeah, that's you know, what I would be expecting it to be. They want a wide receiver with a 70-inch vertical. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what they're looking for. They just keep upping the standards for, for competition. It's crazy. If you're a pitcher in the major leagues, your fastball's only 90 miles an hour, you better have some kind of gimmick pitch to go along with it. You better have a nasty curve or a slider, something. If you're not hitting close to triple digits, that fastball ain't going to do shit. No. That's hard to think about now. You know, back in the day, Having a guy hit triple digits on a speed gun pitcher, he was like the elite of the elite. You can't nobody touch Roger Clemens, 97 miles an hour. Holy shit. Well, now you got Chapman playing in the majors who's throwing 106 every night. Damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That'd be enough to scare you, man. You That's, step up there. And the thing, he's wild, too. He's throwing at guys' heads and shit. 
That'll kill somebody. Who does he play for? Uh, the Yankees now. He played for the Reds that when he first when he first he's from Cuba. He's a Cuban guy. I think he played for the Reds to begin with. Then maybe went to the Yankees. I'm not really. Wow. I don't really follow him that much because he's kind of a Yahoo. He is. He's, he's fucking crazy. Uh, Lawrence Chapman. Who's he play for? Um, Yankees. Still plays with the Yankees. Uh, salary this past year, $15 million. He's a reliever. He's not even a starting pitcher. He's a closer or reliever. Just $15 million, you know. Nothing to it. How old is he? About... Mm, probably in his twenties, somewhere around there. What does it say here? Uh, six foot four, two hundred eighteen pounds. Uh, Thirty three years old, born in eighty eight. Uh, kind of the news story here for you. I think I think you'll enjoy this one. A hiker who was lost on a mountain for about twenty four hours ignored calls from rescue crews because she didn't recognize the phone number. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Check out the big brain on Brad. Yeah. The uh, hiker who, who the hiker was reported missing last week after they never returned from a trek to Mount Elbert in Colorado, the highest summit in the Rocky Mountains. After an unsuccessful search of an area where hikers typically get lost, crews learned that the lost individual had returned to their place of lodging. One notable takeaway is that the subject ignored repeated phone calls from us because they didn't recognize the phone number, officials said in a news release. If you're overdue, according to your itinerary, and you start getting repeated phone calls from an unknown number, please answer the phone. I heard claim they got lost when it got dark and they reached their car the next morning. So it's a couple? No, it's just one. one possibly a woman. I'm not going to say who it was. But it's one person. And yeah, I'm sorry, but if I think I'm lost, if I'm lost <laughs> and I get a phone call from anybody, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if, I don't care if it's, you know, Hajit over in India, motherfucker, call 911 for me. I know you can do it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about my car right now. Car insurance laps, but your extended warranty, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, could you imagine your, Hey, people have been lost, and they would die for, for a signal to get a hold of somebody. And at this this point, this person's got somebody calling them nonstop, and they're like, "No, ignore it. Scam call right now. No." That's just that is. Oh, Sam Jackson's on it for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got anything else tonight? You gonna talk about? You good? I guess so. Jut, you good? Good. All right, I'm good then. And thank all y'all for listening to this episode of the Hango Show. Be sure to go by tripodbroadcasting.com where you can check out all the shows in the network. Also go by ebles.com, E-A-B-L-E-S, where you can save 15% on some premium CBD with the promo code HANGO. Also check out mydelta8.com. Harpoon, Jut, love you guys, and I'll check y'all out next time. I love all y'all for listening. We'll see you then. Bye.